0: Hello, listener, and welcome to Straight Shot Health Talk. This is the podcast that provides honest and straightforward information about health, wellness, and how to survive our crazy healthcare system. This is for people who want to focus on getting well instead of just treating symptoms. Sound like you? Then let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Straight Shot Health Talk. This is your host, Dr. Kevin. And today what we're going to talk about is something that's really important because I probably see that often because I feel a lot all the topics that we're talking about are very important. But this one in particular can have a huge impact on your life. And what we're going to be discussing is diseaseification and, and disease mongering. Now, what is disease mongering? Well, really, what it is, it's the idea of taking the boundaries of an existing disease, something that we already have or a symptom that we have, and expanding it, or we're in fact just the creation of disease from common everyday symptoms, or magnifying the importance of a disease beyond um, the effects that it necessarily has. Now, where we see this is in pharmaceutical advertising. We do see it with some other things, but the real big one is pharmaceutical advertising. And that just happens to be because there is big, big, big money uh, in drugs. Now, as we've talked about on past episodes of Straight Shot Health Talk, when we look at the, the healthcare dollar in America and we actually take you know every dollar and we assign where it goes, 70% of every dollar is spent on the treatment of chronic disease. And a large, a, a big chunk of that, I shouldn't say a large chunk, 11% of healthcare expenditures go on prescription drugs, which is one of the largest expenses, a very large expense in the treatment of, of um, uh, in healthcare, but 11% going of that uh, 11 cents of every dollar going to uh, pharmaceutical costs, And a lot of these drugs are for the treatment of chronic disease. In fact, if you look at the top five, um, selling drugs in 2014, uh, they all deal with chronic disease. Let's see. One, two, three, four. Yep, every single one of them. And uh, that was the same for 2013 and looking back into the early 2000s as well. Chronic diseases are big money for pharmaceutical companies. Now, why are they big money? Well, because once people have a chronic disease, if they do not do anything to address the underlying uh, issues or situations that got them there, they will not get well. And so if we provide a drug that covers up a symptom, which most of these do, um, they will be on that drug for the rest of their life. So now you have a captive customer, right? Now, there are some drugs that people need to be on forever, right? If you are missing a hormone in your body, say you had a problem with your thyroid and they removed your thyroid gland, you need thyroid hormone. So having thyroid supplementation makes sense. But for a lot of these other things, it doesn't make sense. And the other part about this is, is that, really, the concerning one when we're going into this disease mongering role, is the way that pharmaceutical companies will take these symptoms. As I said, they really either expand the bi- boundaries of an existing disease, and so they catch more people within it. So you may have a disease that um, uh, that is a very serious disease. Let's look at something like depression. You know, major depression is a is a is a horrible disease. Uh, it's a dangerous disease in a lot of ways. Um, absolutely, it it needs treatment okay and um uh, there are some medications for it there are some there are medications for treatment of major depression I mean again may not be the only sole therapy for it but there's an indication there that you need or that the medication may provide some value but then if you look at how many people there are actually another one we should look at is schizophrenia so schizophrenia it's another disease uh, mental illness um where uh, people have hallucinations uh, they can't it's really hard to identify what is real and what is unreal again a very serious disease Um, there's a a lot of uh, drug er, you know brain chemistry that is going on in there Uh, and so drugs can keep people who have schizophrenia um, from harming themselves or others you know and keeping them out of hospitals and allowing them to live uh, full lives but there are only so many people who have schizophrenia now the only ways that you can increase your profits from something is you either increase the expense of the, of whatever it is that you're selling. You make it more expensive. All right. And that becomes a little bit more difficult in healthcare because of all the ways that, uh, you know, who's oftentimes it's not the patient that's paying the full tab. And maybe insurance company is getting approval, et cetera. Um, you increase the number of um, people that are or you can increase the number of drugs that person is taking. So you can, uh, you know, sell them more drugs. Maybe they need a second drug and just a third drug. And then the last one is you expand the number of people that need or are taking that pill. And this is where this nefariousness comes in because you have a serious condition, some like schizophrenia or major depression. And now what, what you can do is you can expand, push the boundaries of that diagnosis or look for things that may have similarities and say, well, now this drug is indicated for that. Now, the problem is if these are things that are, in a lot of ways, uh, human conditions, if, you know, if you are unhappy, um, another one I'm going to use is shyness. Uh, that was they created a disease out of that in the early 90s called social anxiety disorder. Um, you, you know, you you have more people available to take the drug Now then we advertise that and they have a lot of money on advertisement that they spend uh... multiple different channels huge amounts in fact most drug companies nine out of the ten biggest uh... pharmaceutical companies spend more on their marketing than they do on the research and developing of new uh... medications so that kind of puts you where their interest is um, but when you start doing these marketing and we start uh, what's called pathologizing pathologizing which is basically we start making symptoms natural human symptoms that you get and we start describing them in a term that is harmful or wrong that there's something wrong with your experiences this so you, you know these you, these these uh, commercials are did you feel sad or unhappy um, well you know what there are days that I feel sad and unhappy or um, have you not slept well in the last week well there are many days I may not sleep well uh, but there's Oh, there's this desire that we increase these natural these natural conditions because there are days that you're going to be unhappy, and there's going to be days that you have too much happiness, Again, a little too euphoric maybe. Um, there may be problems, physio, you know, physical symptoms that you may feel. Uh, you may have days that that you are uh, your bowels are loose, and there may be days that your bowels are not loose or tight um and these are all normal they happen they happen if every day was exactly the same our lives would be incredibly boring and we'd have nothing to compare other situations to but when we start medicalizing these symptoms and we start saying well there might be something wrong with you if you have uh constipation if you experience comp- constipation anytime this week um there might be something wrong with you you may need a pill or you know if you're unhappy um you know, maybe you have other stuff in your life that might be causing you to be unhappy, but really it's unnatural to be unhappy. And so we need to treat you for this. Uh, and so there's this push to um, treat these conditions. Now, some of the ways that they do this is they will actually label the new disease. All right. And uh, we're going to talk about, you know, there's one like social anxiety disorder, uh, which really there are some people that have profound uh, social anxiety, but that is not social anxiety disorder. That becomes, uh, you know, uh, either agoraphobia or other other already existing a- anxiety disorders. Uh, or if you look at something like that is being advertised now, binge eating disorder, um, which incidentally just got its own diagnosis in 2013, and there is massive, massive, massive marketing going on in 2014. But a you know, pharmaceutical company will label this disease or encourage labeling the disease. They will organize um, physicians, particularly academic physicians. We want to get some, you know, ivory tower people at big name institutions to start researching this. Uh, and it becomes a way for that particular physician that works in that ivory tower environment that, um, you know, they have to publish journal articles. A lot of times That they have, if they're getting tenure, you get more prestige as a physician in those circles. Um that's where they do it from is public publishing a lot of medicaca uh, publishing data um they get you know the, the pharmaceutical industry then will fund that data provide uh, either restricted or or unrestricted grants uh, but anyway the the medic the money for these studies are coming from the pharmaceutical industry sometimes they'll find patients um advocacy groups, you know, the amount of people that are saying there's not enough awareness of that and they will sponsor them. And if they can't find them, frankly, they'll just, they'll, they'll create their own, they'll create nonprofits, um, then fund those nonprofits to promote little air quotes here, awareness of this disease process and really start labeling people or trying to get more people, um, fearful of this quote unquote disease, which oftentimes is a symptom now, this has happened numerous, numerous times. As I touched on, in the mid-90s, they had social anxiety disorder. Um, in the early 2000s, um, they created, literally created the term metabolic syndrome because prior to that, it used to be known as Syndrome X, uh, and that had to do with cholesterol, blood pressure, et cetera. Um, in the uh, early 80s, you know, cholesterol uh, wasn't necessarily uh, an extremely concerning thing. Um people we knew some people had extremely high cholesterol, It was had a familial genetic component to it, but other, otherwise with cholesterol wasn't as um concerning. But pharma stepped in and that was blown into um a global health problem. And uh we saw that with the best-selling drugs in the early two thousands being drugs like Lipitor or Zocor, which are those statin medications for the treatment of, of high cholesterol. Uh and interestingly this year, the data is or has been starting to be released where it isn't probably a cholesterol problem, but we're still selling those those uh, statin medications. Of course, they are off patent now and are no longer they now they're generic. Um, so maybe there's not a push to keep that that interest as high anymore. But we the 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 idea being here is that we not only increase awareness, but we're encouraging maximum detection of these symptoms. Now. This happens for I said, all these sorts of routine human conditions, unhappiness, bone thinning, uh, which does happen as we get older. Our bones do thin. That's what occurs. Uh, stomach aches. Boredom. You, you're no longer allowed to be bored anymore. Boredom, it means you might be distracted. Maybe you have some sort of a variant of attention deficit disorder. Maybe you need a drug for that. Um or we just treat the risk factors. So if you if you look at symptoms, again high blood pressure, high cholesterol, by themselves are not necessarily a disease, but we can diseaseify them and we can say, now you need to be treated for your high blood pressure and you need to be treated for your cholesterol. Um, we can lower the thresholds for those, so we can actually change what the levels of cholesterol are, what the levels of blood pressure are, the so that you need to be treated uh, uh, so that more people are treated. Or, as I said, if you have a massive debilitating disease like major depression, we can try to loosen the reins on that. And so if you're now just unhappy, something happened to you, um, we we can unleash medications on you now. Now they become uh, indicated for that. Now, this is not to say that all these pills are bad. The problem is when the, the... the pills themselves become a replacement for addressing the disease process that may be in place. So if you look at something like high blood pressure, there are some very rare causes of high blood pressure. You may have, um, uh, you can be abnormally secreting things like adrenaline in your body. That's extraordinarily rare. That can cause high blood pressure. You may have uh, a tight um, uh, artery that goes into your kidneys. Again, that's very, very rare. That can cause high blood pressure. 95 to 90% of the time, though, we don't really know we do know what we can treat it without without pills. And so treatments of high blood pressure come down to exercise. They come down to weight reduction. If you can lose five or 10 pounds, that can have as much or more of effect on your blood pressure as a pill will. Um, Cholesterol, similar. There are some cases where people have this genetic tendencies to high cholesterol. That's familial hypercholesterolemia In those situations, diet becomes extraordinarily difficult to control. But for other people, the vast, 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 vast majority of us, addressing, you know, dietary factors for these disease processes, addressing movement, like exercise and such, actually address the source, the reason that these symptoms and, you know, quote-unquote diseases are, are taking place. Taking a pill does not address those underlying issues, though. And so when you see these awareness websites, um, and I may link to a couple of them in the show notes here, you know, they'll, they'll briefly, this is what frustrates me, they'll briefly kind of say, well, you could do this. You could actually exercise. Oh, my God, if anybody has time to exercise. You could actually try to, uh, to, to eat better. But, you know, us Americans, we, we just can't take, we can't do that. That's way too hard for us to do. Uh, so take a pill. And if you want this pill, um, and you think it's the best thing for you, make sure you ask your doctor about it. And, oh, yeah, it has a bunch of side effects. Oh, and by the way, the studies that we've used to get you know, the FDA approval for for this chronic condition of which you are now going to be taking this this pill for the rest of your life are only four to six weeks long, and they're in small groups of people. And, uh, you know what, we don't have any long-term studies to actually support their use and actually see what the, the effects are over time. So but I guess overall on this is when you start seeing these, these drug ads and i think this i'll tell you the easiest way that you avoid this is you just t- turn off your television you stop watching or looking at these advertising things because even you know we haven't talked about our advertising as much on here but there there's something when you've been exposed and you're exposed over and over and over again uh to a certain thing it, you start actually getting subconsciously influenced by that so if you start seeing these things saying well, you're unhappy, you need a drug. Well, you're unhappy, you need a drug. You're unhappy on a drug drug. At some point, there will be a, a, a you're gonna start going, man, am I unhappy? Maybe I need a pill for it. Almost on a on a subconscious level there. And it's just it, there's some real interesting stuff going on when you repeat the ex- exposure to people. It's one of the reasons that you see ads over and over again. I mean, how many times have you said, God, they've played this ad like 15 times in the last hour on the television? Well, the reason that they're doing it is they're trying to imprint you with that they 're trying to actually get you exposed enough to that particular ad that it will literally have some a little bit of subconscious process going on for you now Does this mean that there's mind control going on well, not, not I mean no, but it influences you much more than you think and if you are sitting there thinking, "God, you know what, Dr. Kukara, you are absolutely off your rocker." I've seen ads and that doesn't influence my decision at all. And I would sell, well, you know what? You should probably look at the data because what the data shows is these subtle things on an, on a level that is literally beyond the conscious mind, on the subconscious level, have much greater effects on our choices that we make than we think. So easiest way, turn off the computer or if the ad comes on, do something to get rid of them at all. I don't... Uh, uh, I don't really have live TV, but um, I think there's some services like TiVo or whatever. You can just fast forward over these ads and things. Now, the other thing that you want to do is is look at who's paying for what. So the newer disease being marketed this year, this binge eating disorder, um, apparently is being um, Monica Sellis, uh is describing her experiences with this disease. Uh, but she's also being paid a lot of money to talk about her symptoms with this disease and again <laughs> when people offer you a lot of money to do things uh, the the it, it changes things somewhat um, what other things that you can do when this when new studies come out and they say this particular drug has been found to be awesome and everybody should be taking it particularly if they're naming the drug okay if it is a non-generic medication it's a newer medication that, um, uh, it, that is that there is no generic variant from. Be very very suspicious. And if you happen to be someone who actually looks at the studies behind these things, uh, look to where the funding comes from, and see whether there was big pharma money in. Now they are supposed to, and it, and you can actually look at the authors themselves. Where are the authors, the doctors, and the um, whoever that are doing these studies? Are who, what are they disclosing? Now they in the past they didn't have to disclose anything. But now that there's an active role, there is at least a a, a a little bit growing awareness that, that something is not quite right with with this pharmaceutical marketing and, and disease mongering. You can see who's sponsoring them. Now, as physicians, we like to think that somehow uh, taking money or being sponsored or having our clinic sponsored or having the drug company buy a wing at the hospital does not influence us, uh, and that is absolute wishful thinking uh, in quite arrogant thinking uh, because it does and if it didn't uh, these you know, pharmaceutical companies would not be paying you they would not be sponsoring you uh, and they would not be buying hospital wings because yes um, there are good people but most corporations are out for their bottom line these pharmaceutical companies most of them are public corporations they're beholden to their shareholders they need to produce money uh, quarterly at least and to reach their projected financial goals um, and so Yes, there are a lot of good people out there, uh, but when people are giving you money or paying you money to do certain things, um, you're getting influenced. Now that happens with all sorts of stuff. Your best friend, whatever. There's some interesting things that we are wired for from, uh, you know, from our our caveman days. When people give you something, you feel beholden to them, uh, even if you believe you are not. Uh, you are much more likely to do something in return. Or if they ask a favor, you're much more likely to do a favor for it. That's um, an idea called reciprocity and is much more common. But um, always look. So you're always looking at the funding on those studies. All right. The other thing is start questioning when people are talking about uh, what seem to be symptoms. Okay, again, if you're talking about constipation, if you're talking about feeling unhappy, if you're feeling about... um, uh, having scattered attention at times, um, you know, God, it's almost like wrinkles. You know, you can't aging is a disease, I guess, and we need to take a pill for that. But uh, when you're looking at human conditions, things that vary on the day to day, in which in re- really make us who we are. We we are who we are because we feel good one day, bad the next. As I as I said earlier, that. It's important that we have those experiences. You cannot be happy all the time. If you were happy all the time, it would no longer be happy because you would have nothing to compare it to. That would just be your normal level of whatever. And there are there's a reason that sometimes we do feel anxious. There's some there's a reason that sometimes we feel unhappy. And rather than looking at the symptom itself as the disease, look at else what is going on. And I was just involved with a. Uh, I was just interviewed on for something else and I'll post that uh, in the next couple of weeks here on straightshothealth.com. But um, what I recommended for people is when it comes to your health and these, these sort of pseudo diseases, again, there are some people that have devastating, debilitating variants of that, but that population that has these things is so small. The reason that these drug companies are trying to amplify or diseaseify uh, these symptoms is because the market isn't big enough. They need to actually increase the the amount of people that are eligible or or that demand to take these medications so that they can, frankly, make more money. And what so what you would do is when you go into your doctor's office. Um, is you're going to ask them if they want to treat you with the disease, ask how long it is that you're going to be treated for. And if your doctor doesn't know or says the rest of your life, that should be a big warning sign for you. Because if they're saying, well, you need to take this medication for the rest of your life, you say, okay, great, I'll take this, this, this medication, but what can I do for myself? What can I do for myself to address the underlying issues? Now, nine ninety-five percent of the time, It's going to come out to behavioral and lifestyle changes. This is one of the reasons I harp about it quite a bit here at Straight Shot Health Talk. Because if you look at chronic diseases and a lot of these symptoms, and that includes things such as bone, I mean, as diverse as bone thinning, stomach aches, unhappiness, troubles with concentration. When you look at actually what works, what addresses things, what actually provides long term good outcomes, it actually makes you feel happy, healthy, and full in your life. It Comes down to the funnel, fundamental four, the fundamental four things that we talk about here all the time. Exercise, and it does not have to be run in triathlons. We're talking moderate amount of exercise. Uh, I think there was some interesting data that showed out people who actually exercise at a moderate level have as good or better um, uh, healthcare outcomes as people who dress you go crazy and do exercise off the charts. The moderate being um, you know, two, you know, three days a week. I think they're they're saying less than six miles, four to six miles a week of running or something around that or jogging, which isn't that much. You can walk um, four to six miles a week very easily. It doesn't take that much time. Uh, eating food, eating real food, avoiding processed stuff, avoiding, avoid eating this highly processed, uh, these simple carbohydrates, all these white foods that, that we have. If you're just eating, you know, real food, much more of a plant-based diet, increasing green leafy vegetables and things. That has more impact, in fact, for your overall health than taking a drug. It's actually addressing underlying symptoms, avoiding toxins, and as I said smoking. Number one, if if, uh, if you're smoking, if, if you want to take the quickest way to health or the quickest way to better health is to quit smoking. And I know it's a little bit harder than that. There are some resources out there. If you want uh, to know about them, just let me know. Uh, but quitting smoking, biggest thing that you can do. I'm going to put, I also put in when we talk about toxins, toxic people, toxic environments. uh, It's much more rare that you're living next to a toxic weight stump. um, But if you're living somewhere that has a lot of loud amount of noise, loud noises have an effect on your health. So if you're living right next to an airport, probably not the best place. Um, But toxic people and environments, if you have workplace bullying, if you're in a job that you hate, if you have a boss that sucks, actively taking steps to uh, uh, identify ways to. To either remove yourself from that environment or understand that what you do have under control in that well in that, in that environment are very, very important. And then the last one that comes down to stress and, and social well-being. Stress being the one of the ones where all seem to realize that uh, we're stressed and there's lots of different re- reasons that we're, we are stressed. Um, but the effects of stress on our body are much higher than we think. It does worsen high blood pressure. It can worsen obesity. Um, It has huge effects on the gastrointestinal tract because of all the the different neurons in that area. So it affects things as as wide ranging as irritable bowel syndrome to the inflammatory bowel diseases like Crohn's disease and also colitis. So if you're focusing on those four things alone, um, that's what I would recommend. So if they go in and they say, well, you need this new drug for the symptom, whatever, you say, hey, how long am I going to be on this drug? If the doctor says for the rest of your life, don't take that, you know, as a, as a definitive, meaning um, I don't ever want anybody to think that they're trapped by a medication. I think that's irresponsible of us as physicians in some ways for a lot of these drugs. But you can follow your doctor's instructions um, while you are pursuing things that you can do for yourself, focusing on the fundamental four, movement, uh, food, avoiding toxins, stress, and social well-being. Um, and then if one of those you're doing well with, with and you're still having problems with whatever that symptom may be, then you got to reevaluate and see, is there something else that you're missing here? Do you need to address your diet more? Is there something in the stress realm that you're going? Um, But there's multiple targets that you can do, that you have control and which allow you to live a happy, healthy life and not rely on pills or doctors or injections or procedures when it comes to these chronic diseases. So, Long story short, as I went off on my little tangents here again, um, there are factors out there that will diseaseify things, that will create things from a normal human condition, and say that that's a symptom that needs to be treated, or strongly suggest or influence you to be treated. Um, yes, there are diseases out there that have horrible, debilitating effects, like clinical depression or schizophrenia. Uh, but there is a a factor that's involved with the pharmaceutical industry that wants to expand the range of those 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 pills. Um, So, you'll find the drug that was originally produced for the treatment of one of those diseases like schizophrenia, which has a limited population, and then they find or create an indication for it on a mass market that has many, 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 many poor people, um, such as, you know, subclinical depression or Tourette's or, uh, you know, a lot of people are getting diagnosed with bipolar syndrome now. So, I just want you guys to be careful, okay? Turn off your TVs, avoid the big pharma ads. Uh, don't let people to try to disease-ify, to, 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 to disease-ify you um, when it comes to chronic disease and health. Remember those fundamental four they are so, so important. Uh, and just to stay well, folks. All right. This is Dr. Kevin at straightshothealth.com. And I invite you to visit the website. Yeah, sign up to the email there where we do some tips and tricks through that. Uh, And we also, we have some feedback there where you can send in your healthcare questions so that we can address them on Straight Shot Health Talk. All right, guys, thanks, bye.